entrepreneurs, especially female women entrepreneurs are so afraid of following trends because it makes us feel icky and like we're misaligned. So find the trend and try and replicate it in a way that feels right for you and you can't go wrong. Welcome to The Wealthy and Well Woman, a podcast that celebrates choosing a life of overflow. If you're looking to grow your business, live on purpose, and feel your best while doing it, then you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, the business coach for wellness leaders and visionary female entrepreneurs, founder of Be Well Events and international yoga teacher and trainer. My goal in this podcast is to help you curate your life by design and claim your dream business by giving you actionable tips and trainings that help you get out of your own way, step into your power and monetize your magic. I'll be bringing you a thought training or interview from experts that will help you break through your fears, take action and grow into those massive visions that you can't stop thinking about. I am so happy you're here. Now let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. Today, we have an amazing guest, Hannah Cluley. She is a business mentor and Instagram badass. And Hannah and I met actually in a business mastermind. So we got to spend almost a full year in each other's kind of like space and realm. So I have been able to see firsthand all of the amazing things that Hannah has been up to. And I'm really excited to share with you guys all of her amazing knowledge and just have this conversation today. So Hannah, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for that intro. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here and to be talking with you. Yay. And you are tuning in is from London, right? Yes. 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 How's the weather there this time? It's really sunny. Yeah. It's actually really warm. So I, I went for a walk at lunchtime and I put on my big coat and I was like, whoa, so not warm, but mild. So yeah, it's actually yeah. lovely today. <laughs> I love it. It's the same here. It snowed a little last night and then this morning it's like beautiful and sunny. And I did the same thing. I went for a walk and had this huge coat on and was like, oh wait, it's actually really nice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it feels so nice to have spring coming and the weather changing and all of that. But enough about the weather. Can you just give us a little intro to how you got started in your business and kind of what led you to this place of being an amazing business mentor and Instagram badass? I'll try and be as succinct as possible because <laughs> um, it's not a long story. <laughs> So my journey actually journey actually started like back in 2014, 2015. I had to have a couple of surgeries on my knee. And this was when I was working full time as a translator. And then I that's when I like started, or actually no, even before that, when I was at university, I started my Instagram account probably as a kind of diary for recovering from this knee surgery because I couldn't walk for like at least three months. And then I had to have the same knee surgery a year later. And by that time I was in full-time work. And again, like I couldn't walk. I had to work from home, which back then was like really unheard of. And like yeah. the whole remote working system was really weird for everybody. But yeah, so I started my Instagram account. It was called at Hannah's Fitspo, I think, like <laughs> way back then. It was all about like fitness and how I was like staying healthy post-surgery and from there, I just really got into like documenting things, 
I loved writing. I loved creating content, like taking photos and all that sort of thing. And that's where it really began. And I think it unlocked so many doors for me because that in that period of time or those two periods of time is when I really went through my biggest probably transformation because like my depression began because I was, it was very situational because I was stuck at home at my mum's away from my friends, couldn't really move. Like not being able to move is probably one of the biggest things that could cause depression. And yeah, I just really got into fitness, really got into Instagram, really loved the community that I could grow on there and be part of. And I ended up leaving my full-time work in 2017, became a personal trainer, a yoga teacher, And I did that for quite a long time while still doing the like Instagram. I guess I was an influencer at the time, but that wasn't really the word when I was doing it. All the influencers were just kind of like bumbling around and just not really knowing what to do. Whereas now there are so many more parameters to follow. And then that led me to move to Bali because I went to visit a friend and I just really loved it and thought, fuck it, I'm going to go and see what it's like. And I loved it. And then I decided to move about six months later. I think in Bali, there are so many coaches. I was just so inspired by seeing these people like having wealth, having abundance. Like I remember first hearing about somebody making $10,000 a month and being like, what? Like you can do that through. (laughs) That's real. (laughs) Yeah, that's real. What the hell? That seems so, I remember thinking like, that just seems like such a foreign number to Mm. me. And that's how it really all began. Yeah. And then in March, 2020, when COVID hit, I just did a massive pivot because I knew that there were so many entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, Pilates instructors. That's how I really started. I think similar to you as well, like knowing there are so many yoga teachers out there who have lost all of their classes, who weren't really making that much money anyway, trying to teach full time. Why don't I teach them how to leverage Instagram Mm -hmm. instead of like doing it for other people because on the side I was also doing some social media management so yeah that's how it really all started hopefully that was short and oh it really was (laughs) yeah I love that I love that and I knew some parts of that like I know you were a social media manager for a little bit I knew Mm. you had a background in yoga I didn't know you were a personal trainer and all of that Mm -hmm. which is really cool I love to see, and and maybe this is because it's my world and maybe and probably your world too, and we see a lot of these similarities, but I notice so many coaches, it seems like have a background in either yoga or fitness. And again, I don't know if that's just because that's so big in my world that maybe I'm just like magnetized. Attracting them. Yeah. (laughs) And that's probably what it is. But also I think that having that background and let me know your thoughts on this, like having that background in fitness, in the mindset, resilience and in yoga and taking care of yourself are tools that are massively important when you transition to entrepreneurship of any kind, like heavily. And when you're really business building and you're really putting on that CEO hat, like it seems like those tools are very beneficial to have. And so part of my thought process lately has been like, I wonder if that's like a huge part of why people that move successfully into, you know, coaching or entrepreneurship like this have a background in that because it's like almost you need it. (laughs) Yeah, that's so valid. Yeah, I love that you say that. And it's so true. Like so many of the coaches that I know did start out as yoga teachers or 
as personal trainers, or at least like I was interviewing someone from my podcast the other day who was also called Kat, um, but she was a makeup artist before she became a coach. And I just, she was freelance, like self-employed working for herself. But I do think that like, as you say, when you are either a personal trainer or a yoga teacher or in that realm of wellness and you are working for yourself, you have to really have some kind of get up and go about you. Like you have to have that fire in your belly. Otherwise, because you know how hard it is to get yoga classes or to set them up for yourself or like get those one-to-one PT clients or whatever it is that you're doing. Like you have to have some level of resilience, as you say. Mm. And then I also think the one thing about, yeah, the yoga world, the fitness world, even like the meditation world is everything that you're doing more so yoga, I would say in meditation than fitness is about improving you as a whole and I think that's what coaching is right like right whether it's business coaching or like self-love coaching or whatever it's all about improving you and Mm. we all learn that through yoga I think yes that's such a good point and just the the whole industry is really focused around self-growth and improving yourself are most of your clients in that like have that background as well or are they kind of like all over they're kind of all over now when I yeah when I first started it was mostly yoga teachers or PTs because that's really what I was promoting to Mm -hmm. but I'm thinking about the women that I'm working with one-to-one at the moment there's like a photographer there is like there are different coaches so someone is a sobriety coach someone is someone is a yoga teacher And then I'm also working with someone who owns like a physical fitness studio here in the UK. So there are just, there are, they are in wellness. Like I would say that, I mean, I have had discovery calls before with people that aren't in wellness, but like my Mm. work. And I don't know, I just think like, I would never say never, but I do really love working with people that have that spiritual aspect because as you know, and I know that you posted about this, it might've even been before Christmas, but you did a post and I was like, yes, I'm so on the same wavelength as you right now. Like the strategy is cool and all, but you have to have that extra piece of mindset work, whether it's meditation, EFT tapping, yoga, going for a walk, like you really have to have that in business or you're just not going to get anywhere, especially as a woman. Cause I just feel like as women, we just, it's harder for us. Right. Because you know, it's, it's, it's different. It is. Yeah, I totally agree. So what are some of those practices? And I know you've been very open on social media and in general about your struggle with depression and about how you've gone through these periods and Can you share a little bit about just that and kind of like your background with this? Is this something that came up more heavily through entrepreneurship or is Mm -hmm. it because I think that that can happen? Like it's such a self growth and it's such a journey entrepreneurship in like a self growth way as well that I could see that kind of exasperating some of those feelings sometimes and being having to kind of work through those to come through the other side. Is that like, how was that for you? Yeah, that's so, that's like such a good insight. For me, my depression started, well, actually, I just feel like I've always had a little bit of an attitude of like, 
oh, that's going to be over soon. Like even as a child, I remember looking forward to like a holiday or someone's birthday party and thinking, oh, but then after it is going to be finished. Like I always had this, I guess you would call it a scarcity mindset in a way of like being excited about something, but then also knowing that after that, it's like, well, what's next? It's kind of like a bit of a doom a doom mindset and it's really interesting because when I did my coaching certification years ago we were asked about how we were born my birth was like a rush and a panic and they were like trying to like my mum was kind of made to have a cesarean or a c-section by her doctor and she didn't want to have it she wanted to do it more naturally so I, I wonder if because I was like rushed into the world there's always been this kind of like rushing can't get enough there's not enough of this kind of mentality which then causes anxiety right and I think for me it's like I get anxious I get stressed about x y and z and then as a delayed reaction the depression comes in so my first round of like proper depression was very situational with my knee injuries when I was like recovering because I couldn't really see anybody and I felt very hopeless and then I remember after I quit my job and went to did my yoga teach training and then I was teaching, I've been teaching for about six months. And I think just the stress of, yeah, back then running around London, working for myself, trying to like make ends meet, which as a yoga teacher can be difficult at times. That's when I was first hit by like a serious bout of it. And I think it probably was like, the anxiety that had built up and then all of a sudden my body was like I can't create any more cortisol for you Hannah I can't create any more serotonin can't create any more dopamine like we're just done right now um so I had therapy then and that was really really helpful and I moved to Bali not long after and obviously Bali is much more chilled and it's a completely different lifestyle so I was pretty solid up until last year and I I do believe that with the business going so well in 2020 and then the first half of 2021, I would probably say like a combination of the just the normal stress entrepreneurs have. Like I think it's interesting when you first move into entrepreneurship, because I tend to work with a lot of like new mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, the fear of like things not working out is the primary fear. But I don't know about you, but for me now it's like, well, what if this is my last go of like sold out one-to-ones or what if like I can't replicate this again? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think that fear of, well, I've had the success. How do I maintain it? Right. That stress plus a breakup that I had last year caused me to move into the depression. So it is very similar to what you said, like just the stress of entrepreneurship or the stress of anything, I think is kind of like the catalyst to that low mood hopelessness that I felt. What would you say are some of your best like strategies or not even like strategies? Yes. But also how do you care for yourself in times like this? And, and now have you learned any tools to kind of help you from getting to that point? If you feel like, Oh, things are feeling heavy, you know, is there anything business wise or just self care wise that really tend to help Mm. with that? Yes, totally. I might have a VA, like a virtual assistant. And I've, I'm definitely the person that when I was first suggested to get a VA, like I struggled to give her things like I'm a perfectionist. Capricorn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you you hit the nail on the head there. And it, I just really struggled to release control to somebody else, even though I know her so well, I trust her. And then now, like this year, I just said, you're going to give so much more to Lily. So I have been, and it's been so helpful just having more headspace because I... I don't know, I just always had that mindset of it's going to be too complicated to explain it to her right now. So I'm just not going to. And actually, that's not true. So for a business sense, that has been paramount. And then also just planning my content, which I was like always what I talk about. It's like plan, plan, plan. And then on like a personal sense, the things that have really saved me have definitely been consistent movement, consistent walks going to the gym lifting weights doing yoga eating well like I think we there's there's this like the non-body shaming the non-food shaming movement on social media I think it's great but I do also personally believe that eating healthy unprocessed food is like one of the biggest I, gifts that we can give ourselves that you're saying that so much because I I totally agree with that and I see all that and I'm like yes I I completely agree like don't shame your body and don't restrict yourself heavily in that way but I mean just look at what it's doing to your health like eating healthy mm-hmm. unprocessed foods are just better for you in every sense like mental physical energetically everything so yes just a quick I completely agree with that but people don't even realize because yeah like I don't think food shaming is good at all but yeah maybe like a donut and like a handful of nuts have the same calorie content but for me personally I know that sugar like doesn't sit well with me if I have too much of it and also like when my skin is just looking clearer when I'm feeling more energized I feel better in myself and I can make better decisions. So one of the things that I kind of gifted myself this year was a cleaner for my flat, my apartment, yeah. which was like a big move because it's kind of like one of those things where, is it a necessity? No, but do I deserve it? Yes. So that's mm-hmm. changed my life. Mm-hmm. And doing like the recipe boxes, like the Hello Fresh kind yeah. of thing, because I can afford to, And it does make my life easy. So those are some things. And yeah, just gym, movement. I write down three things that I'm grateful for every morning without fail. And I do tapping every morning as well. Mm -hmm. EFT, that's something that I just, for me personally, I find really transformative. I love all of those things because it is just like checking in with your life. And also I like, you know, that you're getting that support in your life with the cleaner and with the food delivery, Mm. because it's not all business. Like if you're stressed about business, that can be one thing, but allowing that support through your VA, through giving more responsibility there, through having help with food delivery and a cleaner, like all of that plays into you feeling your best. And it's not just about, okay, how much money can I keep to myself and put in my savings? And, you know, like, how can I make this process feel really good too? Yeah, absolutely. Transitioning a little bit to more of the Instagram growth and, and strategy around there, you mentioned you know, and I've seen this from your content about planning. And Mm. something that I see come up a lot with people is they feel very restricted. And I think this is totally a personality type sometimes, but 
with like having a strict plan, people sometimes can get overwhelmed and feel like, I don't know what's going to be on my heart to share. So how do you find that or how, like, what is that, what is that balance Mm -hmm. for you, I guess, so to speak of batching and then also energetically showing up for what's true in the moment? Yes, that's so great. And I think so relevant right now, because as we're recording, it's in March, right? And like, I think with the invasion in Ukraine, Mm. that's been something that's been on so many entrepreneurs' hearts. It's like, can I still post the content that I've created, even though something else has completely changed in the world? So I, I love that question. And what I personally do, and as as you also like prerequisited, which I also loved was not everyone's the same. So I know that this isn't everyone's cup of tea, but I love to plan, know what like my my calendar looks like for the quarter. Mm -hmm. So I know, so let's take January and February, for example, I knew that at the start of Feb, I was running an Instagram workshop. So for the two weeks leading up, my plan was like every day, one post, two reels, not on the weekend, but through the week. Every day. I'm not saying that everybody... Yeah, every day. I'm not saying that everyone has to do that because I know that that's a lot of work. Even if it was just one post a day, that's cool, you know? But I had the plan of like three posts a day for the two weeks, themed on Instagram to sell the Instagram workshop. And then as soon as that finished, I was selling my program, my beginner's program flow. Mm -hmm. And so everything for that two weeks was geared at the people to join flow. But then if something had come up during that time, I would just post it as well. Like if let's take Ukraine for an example, like I still posted my scheduled content. And on top of that, because I was like free in the moment, I wasn't thinking about what I had to post. It was relevant to my ideal client. I could post stuff related to that, that felt really good and that felt really valuable in that moment and that that wasn't to like shame anyone into thinking that they have to post three times a day like at all because I know that that's a lot that's just like how I operate but I think if you can have the foundation knowing what's coming up in your like calendar what you're launching like ahead of time and you know that it's scheduled to go or you know that the captions are written for your reels and you've got the cover done so all you have to do is like just quickly put them in and then click post Mm. If a a hit of inspiration or a download or an idea comes, just post it. Mm. You can, you can kind of, it's kind of a balance of both. So add in instead of take away and switch. Exactly. Yeah. So do you plan three posts a day out at a quarter or how far out are you creating and planning in like batching your content? So I'll plan a month ahead. So I know what I'm posting in March, for example, I just haven't filmed all of the reels because I tend to do those on a weekly basis now. I find that if I do them on a Friday or a Monday, just doing five feels really simple and takes like half the day. And then the content is usually like the the static post, as I would call it, whether it's a photo or a carousel, Um, the captions written, sometimes the text is done. If it's a photo, I'll just pick one. Mm. And 
so something that I hear come up a lot from people that are trying to do this is, is how do I think of that many ideas at once? Do you mm-hmm. have any sort of strategies for people that are feeling like, okay, great. Like the idea of planning a month's worth of content sounds very nice to have when it comes to posting time, but how do I think yes. of, you know, 90 post ideas or 30, you know, how many ever they're planning? I'm just going to get a message out that I sent to one of my one-to-one clients yesterday because it's like so relevant and Mm. I hope that you guys listening that you can like write this down because this is what I would suggest so definitely don't like go full into having to do like one like three posts a day I think that's for somebody like me that's been doing it for years and if you were doing social media full-time then you could do that but seeing as you're running your own business as well um, don't feel pressured to do that. But the structure that I gave a one-to-one client yesterday was on Monday, share a piece of educational content. So that could be like three tips, how to do X, Y, and Z. If you're a yoga teacher, you could explain what like Shavasana actually means or something like showing the education. So that's building trust, showing that you're an expert. And that could be in a static post or in a reel. Tuesdays have Tuesdays for inspiration or like emoting an emotion. So that could be your tweet style post where you're like highlighting a fear or something that your ideal client would have and just reminding them that they're not alone or that like, even though they feel that way, they can still achieve their dreams or whatever the transformation may be. Wednesday, you could share a pool or something of like behind the scenes or your own personal life so that you have that like relatability and that connection. Sorry if you hear my dog um, with me. He just came over and like packing up it. a leg next to me. I'm like, oh, don't, can't you tell we're recording here? Stop it. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Like, I want to be part of it. No, it's all good. Thursday, show the transformation either through like uh, testimonials or even just, you know, the reels where it's like, you want this? no you're this and you want this you're gonna have to do this you know like just the simple reels there are so many real audios that just like live in my head (laughs) rent free (laughs) um and then on friday like maybe do an entertaining one doesn't have to be funny but just like something that is a bit like more casual yep and you um so you teach monday through friday posting typically or like five days a week Yeah. I mean, I don't follow that because I follow more on like a launch basis. So for like what's coming up and then in between launches, I'll be a bit more free form. And of course in those, I would still like put call to actions to like get people like, if you want, I've got two one-to-one spots, like Mm -hmm. DM me now, that sort of thing. I think that is such an easy way to just have some structure, but there are so many other theories of content creation I guess you could say it's kind of just like picking something and sticking to it I think yeah a lot of times it comes down to that or finding what works for you and just doing it instead of looking for the next strategy because I think a lot of times people can get caught up in like what's the new strategy you know and get so obsessed with that that it just creates stress and inaction instead of just doing something like take this and just do it like implement it for a year and see what happens (laughs) Yeah, totally. And also like repetition is so okay in this world. Like Mm. I think your original question was people think like, how can I come up with like 30? Yeah. And I think what I did was, or what I tell my clients to do is write down what your ideal client wants, 
what they want to leave behind. So that's for transformation. And what do they need to know or what do they need to have to get from before to after and those pieces is your are your educational pieces so and you could there could just be five things like if I think about what people don't know about making 10k months there are five main topics and you can just rotate them like don't be afraid of re- reposting similar or even the same content sometimes like I'll pull a post from six months ago and just repost it I do the same it's so nice to have yeah. on hands sometimes I know <laughs> and and that is marketing right like I I see this come up a lot with clients too is like I've already talked about that and I'm like yeah that's the point <laughs> like yes. keep talking about it like repetition is marketing like yes. being known for your mission and talking about the same things over and over is what actually helps people understand exactly what it is that you're doing so that they're they can jump on board so some of the i do see this come up though so do you with batching ahead of time so say people have these ideas and they're like Mm -hmm. okay I'm going to do, you know, these are some tutorials that I'm going to do. These are some inspiration. These are some things to do. But when they're sitting down to like actually write the captions and plan Mm. out, okay, I'm going to do a reel or I'm going to do a quote. And that's where I also see a lot of people get stuck. Like, okay, I know I need to post educational, but now I'm sitting down to write it all. And there's like nothing in my head. Do you Mm. have any helpful practices that help like get some of that going? There is this website and the name escapes me right now, which is really irritating, but it's basically like a trends website. We can go type in a word and it will give you like what people have been Googling. I think I'm just, I'm going to have to like find it and send it to you afterwards. Yeah, Yeah, because I can't think what it's called right now. But that's really helpful for if like you could type in abundance and it would come up with like what people have Googled about abundance, which I think is so good. But say, for example, you've got, I think like doing your market research as well is a really good idea. Like I get inspired by seeing other people's reels and not necessarily reels like by other coaches, but by like all different business types. Like the one that I posted today, I got from like a woman that's like about, she does, she talks about plants and I just like shifted it for my own. So I think doing your market research especially around people who aren't in your industry is a really good idea and maybe just going back and looking at other stuff that you've posted if you have already been posting content because there'll be so much gold in what you've already posted that you could pull out that you might have forgotten about Mm. or that doesn't seem that you that's not coming to your mind and then maybe like if just literally no ideas are coming, it could be like the wrong time in your cycle to be coming up with creative yeah. ideas. Cause I definitely have a period of time where like I'll sit down and just nothing's coming out. And then there'll be, I'll sit down five days later and I'll literally have two months worth of ideas because you get into the flow. So that could also be something to do with it. Mm, so really capitalizing on those times when you're really feeling the creative juices flowing and getting that all mm. out and not just trying to be like, oh, I'll come back to that later. Like having a process mm. where you're getting that out, whether it's in like notes on your phone or jotting down or, or something so that you have those saved. That's such a good idea. Yeah, like I'll do that if I'm driving. I get all of my good ideas when I'm driving. So I'd be like, I don't want to say it because the computer will probably talk to me. I'll be like, hey, Siri, like make a note. And then I'll say it out, whatever I've thought of. And it's always like the tweet style posts, I think. 
like a really good quote or just pop into my head when I'm driving or when I'm in the shower. So I just have to like get it down. Yeah, exactly. I feel like those like even little things of just getting your own ideas out of your head and not just like letting them disappear and like be there and then be gone. Yeah. And they come to me when I listen to podcasts as well. So when I listen to other Mm. people's podcasts, I'll be like, oh my God, the way that she said that just really reminded me of something that I wanted to talk about and just make a quick note in your phone or something. So true. So, so good. So a couple like more little Instagram things that I feel like people like to argue about or, or people like to talk about a lot and just your idea. So you kind of already touched on one of this idea of, so I've really heard two camps of this and I can totally see both sides, but one is like, just post a ton of like, post a lot of content to grow. And this is specifically Mm. like for growing your audience of like post, post, Mm. post, the more you post, the more you'll grow. And then I've heard another you know, strategy of you could be burning out your audience by posting Mm. too much. So when is the right time to kind of like listen to that and pull back? Like if you're posting five days a week and you notice that when you post that much, you know, your engagement drops super low. And when you pull back to three times a week, it stays pretty consistent at that number. Do you, like, it sounds like you're more in the like post as much as you can camp. Um, Can you just talk a little about like how you see that being beneficial? Yeah, you're asking like such good questions. I'm like actually just really loving all of your questions. Oh, yay. I'm like, oh yeah, that's like such a good question. Yeah, so I'm 100% of the, the group of people that like, I think of it, I don't really like using it. Like it's like, a machine gun analogy I know that guns are like a bit taboo but like if you're using a machine gun you're gonna hit the target do you know what I mean mm. whereas if you're like yeah. just taking one shot unless you're really fucking good at what you do yeah. you're not gonna make that you're gonna you're not gonna hit that bullseye so that's my mentality and I also feel like everyone follows at least like 300, 400, sometimes a thousand people. Mm. So that's a lot of content to be seeing every day. So if you post three times, the likelihood of you showing up in their feed at least once is higher. Mm. However, I just think that it's all about what's right for you. So if you are noticing that if you post three times a day, five days a week, your engagement flattens to nothing, then pull back and post three times a week once. So, cause it works for me to post loads and it works for a lot of my clients, but then there are definitely like people with hundreds of thousands of followers who post three times a week and still get really great engagement and have grown their account massively. So it depends on your audience as well. Like, do they really enjoy seeing content from the same person or do they get bored? Like, I think there are so many different, like, um, extenuating circumstances I guess that go into people's success that you could burn out your audience or they could just love seeing you show up everywhere and I I think it's so hard to know Mm. and I think that's something I wish that every entrepreneur just knew is like what feels right for you trust your gut over any strategy that anybody's giving you And it's obviously hard to decipher what's gut versus what's fear of like being seen, for example. But so many of you listening, if you're curious about this, you'll know like what your audience needs. You just need to kind of tap into it. Yeah, so good. And I think it's changed 
too now with reels because you can mm. be a lot more entertaining. And I think yeah. before I was, I used to be more in the camp of, you know, notice engagement and pull back because, you know, when you have static posts, when it's just pictures and you're creating that content, a lot of times, you know, it will be, I feel like in the old, old days of Instagram, the old days, <laughs> it was more so like photo shoot pictures and quotes, mm. you know, those were like the two big yes. types of content. And if you post too much of that, then first off, you're going to have to be going to a photo shoot every other day and you're yeah. going to have to be creating a ton of quotes. But now it's, it's a lot easier in a way with mm. reels to do quick, fun, entertaining, like angles on mm. the same content. So it allows you to actually create more content on the same message in a way, in, in entertaining ways. So it's like you almost can't yeah. go wrong with that. And especially if reels are getting in front of new people. Um, 100%. Yeah, that's so good. So last thing for Instagram <laughs> is what is your take on hashtags now, modern days? Hashtags are really great. You still definitely want to be using them. You just need to make sure that they're relevant to your content. Like it's a chance for the algorithm to like even more specifically like label what your content is, who it's for and show it to them is I think it's really, really important that we're using the right hashtags. And I feel like this is just like a whole like hours topic by itself, but they're there to support and bolster what is already strong content. And I think a lot of people are like my hashtags aren't working when in reality, maybe your content just needs to be different or needs mm. to be done in a, in a different way. I don't want to say better because good content is so subjective. Yeah. But hashtags work when your content works. If you share a post that nobody wants to see, the hashtags aren't going to matter whether you've got mm -hmm. the best ones or the worst ones. Follow-up question to that, and this is like a loaded and probably super personalized question to the, to the user. But if there's one piece of content advice for Instagram that you could give to people to improve their content, and have it land with people and grow their account more, what would that like one thing to focus on be for you? Yeah. And it's not going to be the answer that everybody wants to hear. Cause I feel like everyone's just so desperate to be like seen as not desperate in like a negative word, but I mean, everyone just wants to be individual and so authentic to themselves, but actually we have to go with the flow of Instagram. So what's trending, like what's doing well at the moment? What are some of the big accounts that you follow who have grown recently? What are they sharing? Is it the, like, as you said, it used to be the gorgeous photos and then it turned into more of like the, the tweet style things, which I think tweets are still very good. But then now when you go to a hashtag, what's the top of the feed? What are you seeing in your explore page? When you look at the reels tab, what are you seeing? And don't copy, but that's trending. Right. And the biggest brands around the world are successful because they jump on trends, mm. right? Like, you know, I saw on Amazon yesterday that they're doing this like break the, whatever it is, break the barrier, whatever the actual phrase is about International Women's Day. And we all know that Amazon like isn't, always the best company you know we all have our own opinions about amazon but even amazon know that they need to be jumping on these like diversification trends and things like that because it's going to keep their business going and i think that yeah. entrepreneurs especially female women entrepreneurs are so afraid of 
following trends because it makes us feel icky and like we're misaligned. So find the trend and try and replicate it in a way that feels right for you and you can't go wrong. That's so good. And it, and it's simple in a way, like any anyone can implement that. It's like, yeah, do both, you know, like find the trend and make it your own. So show your authenticity while yes. using the trend. Yes. So you exactly. don't have to copy, you know, you know, you don't have to find a reel and copy it word for word and write the same no. thing. And put it into your authentic voice and allow it to just show like the, the style of using it. And that's so yeah. true in entrepreneurship in general, like the world is always changing. If you refuse to, to change with it or to allow your business to be flexible in a way and adaptive, like that doesn't lead to a, a high road, you know, <laughs> like you have to be flexible and adaptive in life and especially in business. Yes, absolutely. And I think a lot of the entrepreneurs that you see, and I can think of a few in my head that appear to be going against the mold and that inspire so many people to be doing that are actually like following the trends. They're just doing it so cleverly that mm. you can't tell. And then it's like this really clever marketing trick that so many on like you know women making a fuckload of money that I see yep. like I'm like I can see exactly what you're doing but like it's so clever because you're saying that you're breaking the mold yes. and that you're rolling out of bed from a nap and making a post but you're totally not like yes. it's maybe you are but you've also got the foundation and I think like yeah we just have to do this but it, it's building this kind of narrative for so many of us that we have to be so different but different mm. is not going to work to a certain extent i love that and in i saw a post from you recently and i know i commented on it because it hit it was like exactly what i was feeling of exactly what you're saying and you said something like um it was something like five truths or, or something but one yeah. of the things yeah and one of the things was like the business owners that are saying that you don't need a niche, have a niche themselves. Like something along those lines. And yes. I'm like, oh my God, yes. I've been thinking the same thing. Or like some of these, mar or, or like, oh, you know, throw away the marketing plan. Like this is something that I see some from some, you know, very successful entrepreneurs too. It's like, throw, don't follow the marketing rules. Don't follow. And it's like, but you are literally following the marketing rules in what you're posting. Like I can see that, but if you don't know what the marketing rules are, then you wouldn't be able to decipher that. And then it just creates kind of like a mind fuck almost of like, well, but wait, this is confusing. That's literally it. And it's so, I remember as soon as you said, like, I know that I commented, I was like, yes, it was that real. Cause I did like five truths that entrepreneurs don't actually want to hear. Yes. And it's like every single entrepreneur. And even I have friends who are like, you don't need a niche. And I'm like, you're saying this, but like you do have a niche yourself. It's just a clever way of differentiating yourself. You are still following the trend. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, a workaround, exactly. So it's like, take all of these things with a pinch of salt, you know, you guys, because everyone who says that you don't need a niche doesn't actually does have one. And everyone who says that passive income is like, so chill, put a fuckload of work and energy and time yep. into making that passive income. So another great point. Yeah. Another great point. <laughs> Cause I have a lot of clients and I'm sure you do too, or like, Oh, or not a lot of clients, but some clients who are saying, you know, Oh, well, I just want the passive income. And I'm like, do you know what mm -hmm. goes into passive income? Do you like, 
you have to show up. You have to create content. A ton of work goes into passive yeah. income. It's just a different type of work. It's not yes. like you create something and then all of your work is around creating content and pushing it out and getting it out and paying for ads or, you know, doing different ways to make it passive quote unquote income. It's not like you create something and sit back and just watch the money flood in. That's definitely not how it happens. Yeah, you're so right. I think there are just so many like little things that are said around the coaching industry that I'm just like, that's not true. But mm. yeah. Yep. Keep, yep. Your, I, keep your keep your eyes open, guys. <laughs> yes. Yes. And and stay. I, I love what you said before too about listening to your gut and feeling into what feels right for you mm. and and not letting some an expert of any sorts, you mm. know, tell you exactly what is right for you. Like taking everything with a grain of salt, exactly that. I think that is some of the best advice that you could possibly take. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Hannah, it's been so lovely having you on today and chatting and thank you so much for just sharing all of your wisdom mm -hmm. and all of these nuggets that I know our listeners are taking away. It's been so lovely to have you. Where can our listeners find you and learn more from you? Yeah, it's been such a joy. It's honestly like I was having a bit of a weird day and this has just like lifted my mood. So I'm super grateful that you have had me on it today. My Instagram is at Hannah Rose Cluley. That's where I'm mostly going to be. Mm -hmm. um, I just love it. So if you are looking to grow on Instagram, I do offer a lot of great tips. And if you love Kat, like I think Kat and I are very much on the same wavelength in so many of our beliefs and the way that we show up. Yeah. So we share a lot of opinions and a lot of the time she'll post something. I'll be like, I was literally thinking about that the other day. So Same. if you like Kat's content, I'm pretty sure that you'll like mine as well and vice versa. Um, and then you can find all of my links through the link in my bio there. And I also have a podcast called the Empowered Entrepreneur Podcast. I talk a lot about Instagram and Kat is going to be a guest on it very soon as well. Yeah. So um, if you are looking for a new podcast, then give that one a listen. Amazing. And I'll drop all of those links, uh, your Instagram and everything in the show notes too, so people can plug into you. Thank you. Oh, I almost forgot my my question that I ask everyone. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> oh, we have to ask this question. What does it mean? No, no, it's good. <laughs> what does it mean to you to be a wealthy and well woman? Oh, goodness. Okay. I'm so glad that we didn't miss this. For me, it really means... It means living my life on my terms, like nobody else's, like that's what wealth has given me so much freedom and so much sovereignty and autonomy. But also it means that I get to carry out my work, like my purpose is to help make other women wealthy mm. and help them fulfill their purpose. And when I'm well mentally and physically, and when I have like, as we were talking at the very beginning, my VA somebody coming to clean my house so that I have more mental space that's possible so that's yes. so good thank you so much Hannah thank you so much for spending this time with me on today's episode of the wealthy and well woman podcast I am so grateful that you listened in if you loved what you heard and you feel called to share please go leave me a review on iTunes so I can make sure to keep all this good stuff coming your way also, share this episode with someone you think would absolutely love it, and I will be so grateful. That's how we spread the Wealthy and Well Woman mission together. 
If you aren't already following me on social media, come and join me by following at Kat Sanuski. I would love to connect with you there and I cannot wait to connect with you back here in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and shine as the wealthy and well woman you are.